Welcome to another episode of the Sounder at Heart podcast. I am Jeremiah O'Shea, and we're joined uh, by, for the first time, Nico Moreno. Welcome to the show, Nico. It's great to have you. This is the perfect time of year, I would think, to bring in our uh, transfer rumor expert. Absolutely. Happy to be here. I uh, feel like I am part of the Sounder at Heart family. No, so you are, for sure. Excited. Yeah. Yes, definitely excited to be here. Always, you're just always feeding us little bits of information, and then every now and then you give us a big story. That's what we, that's what we love. <laughs> that's right. That's the way I like to keep it. Absolutely. So I'm excited. This is the, the time of the year where I'm the busiest, where my girl hates me the most, when yeah. I'm just always on the phone, but uh, it's exciting. So, all right. Well, we have – it went from being a very quiet offseason, uh, basically no r- real rumors uh, from the end of the season up until – like this week and then all of a sudden we've just got the fire hose of information coming out um and i guess that's not totally fair there's been a few random uh stories that were out there prior to this but let's talk about these two players first of all who both look like they are reasonably likely to be joining the team uh the first is a brazilian midfielder named joao uh, Paolo, and then the other one is a big, big, big Colombian center back who's playing in Argentina, so I imagine very close to your heart. Uh, uh, Jamar Gomez Andrade. Uh, did I butcher both of their names sufficiently? Uh, no, I think you did pretty good. Uh, I oh, okay. think Joao would be the, the, the way I would say the okay. uh, Brazilian name, but other than that, you did great. Okay. <laughs> Um, so what, so let's talk about, uh, the, the Brazilian midfielder, first of all, uh, that one seems to be a little bit more advanced. Uh, what are you hearing and what do you know about him? Uh, well, honestly, this, uh, caught me by surprise initially because I was, uh, fully involved in putting all my resources into Gregory's, uh, possible, uh, transfer to the Seattle Sounders. I felt he was a player that um, would resemble what we haven't been able to necessarily replicate to an exact measurement uh, of Ozzy Alonso, kind of a destroyer in the middle of the field, very agile. But uh, now that uh, this was was brought on, and uh, obviously this is information that I was able to independently confirm, uh, putting them to my three filters of, of, of sources. And uh, I started to think uh, like the Sounders would. And uh, I believe I got up at 530 in the morning that day, uh, looked at all his videos, games, uh, made a couple of phone calls to Brazil. And uh, there was a consistency in people telling me that this guy wasn't a game influencer. He had tenacity. He had uh, all the effort that you want in a midfielder. And although he wasn't the fastest, his field awareness and intelligence in the field allowed him to angle out plays and be able to cut down space very quickly. And, of course, the technical ability, that's the top of his game. That's what everybody talks about. The most technical player Botafogo has uh, today in today's game. Uh, very good passer. So, yeah, I was excited once that came around uh, and I was able to confirm that information. And so the way he would fit into this uh, – scheme would be i think uh, as more of an eight next to gustas benson yeah. uh hopefully having the ability to close down on players helping on transition um but, but i'm excited because he does have that sounders 
uh, nucleus, that Sounders DNA, in that he's a hard worker. He's a player that works for the team. Um, Alonso Contreras, one of uh, my guys at Pulso Sports Network, he actually had some stories about how he's played with severe cuts in his eyebrows to the point that he has to wear like a, a special hat to just retain the, the blood. And uh, there was uh, stories about how every time he wore that hat that looks like a swimmer's cap, uh, his game would elevate. I mean, there's all these different interesting stories about his tenacity and his ability to never let the team down. So I was excited about that. Yes. And one of the other things that seemed really interesting about him was the reports are he either lived in the United States or some point or, but he, he seemed to really want to be in the United States, which, you know, I know the Sounders are really big on the cultural fit uh, with players. Like they don't like the idea of kind of bringing a player on who is kind of iffy about being in the United States. And that part seemed to be a major point in his favor that he seemed to really want to be, you know, from all the reports, he really wanted to be here. And, uh, and he was, he's pretend he's really excited about it. Yeah. And even his teammates uh, spoke about it uh, in one of the last um, press conference that were, uh, they were a part of it in uh, Botafogo. Uh, I'm not quite sure about how much he was in the United States. I haven't really been, I haven't really read about that, uh, but I do know that he was very happy to come to the United States. He was happy uh, to commit the culture. He uh, was uh, very inclined to just have a new horizon. He wanted to leave uh, uh, El Brasileirao and, and try somewhere else. So I think MLS would be a good fit for him. I do feel like he wants to be here. And just like you said, I think the Sounders do one thing great and is uh, the, the, that culture part. How much do you want to be here? How much are you want, wanting to be in MLS? So I think he's going to be a good fit in that regard. So this is uh, kind of a funny situation. While we're recording this, uh, uh, Santa Fe, or no, yeah, Union de Santa Fe, basically tweeted out from the official account that, uh, that, Jamar, uh, that Jamar Gomez Andrade has, has had his exit clause exercised by the Sounders and that he's basically on his way to the United States. Uh, this is the magic of podcasting. Um, that's not official official. The Sounders haven't confirmed it or anything, but that's pretty close to official when the other team is saying, yep, he's gone. Absolutely. And, and yes, the Sounders probably won't confirm it and it won't be official. Me and you both know until they say so, but right. <laughs> uh, yes, this, this is something that uh, since last night uh, we had been told that it was almost a done deal. There was uh, some very small details here and there that needed to get resolved. Uh, and now uh, the visa situation will come into hand. I spoke to uh, his agent uh, this very morning, and he told me that him and his family would have to go through the visa process. Uh, I wouldn't expect him to be here if, indeed, he, everything is closed here today uh, for another week, as we all know how that process works. Uh, we we don't, can't really have a timeline on the visa process. Uh, right. But, yes, I'm excited. I think he is a player that the Sanders have done their due diligence on. They've been following for a very long time. Uh, I know that he fits the prospect of what they were looking for because out of my five players that I had on my board, all of them had the exact same type, tall, strong, Roman Torres type. 
Uh, they want to supply that physical back that's not going to get back down. That's going to give Javier Arriaga a little bit of backup on the air game. Uh, so, yeah, definitely excited about Jamar. Yeah, uh, there's uh, – you know, he, he's a kind of player I, I heard compared to Hamas and Olive, who in a good way in that this is, you know, I don't know how many people on here remember Hamas and Olive from his – First stint with RSL, but he was an absolute. When he came to MLS, it was like some like a revelation. Here is a player that had the size and the speed and the technical ability that uh, you know we really hadn't seen in this league at that point. And and this guy seems to have that same package. And he was doing it in the Argentina uh, Premier League. Uh, I'm also as a Colombian. I'm guessing you were already kind of familiar with him. Uh, yes, yes. He's definitely a player that, I mean, you follow, especially when he's abroad. He's been uh, basically didn't play much in Colombia except for uh, being in Chico a very short time. And as very, as a lot of the athletes in Colombia, they get sent to uh, Argentina, Brazil or Europe at a very young age. Uh, so he basically molded himself in Rosario Central. And uh, th that's where he uh, basically made himself. Uh, however, he has had some um, not issues, but he hasn't had all the playtime in the world consistently. I feel like when he went to Independiente is when he made most of his uh, time. Then uh, when he obviously came on to Union, uh, he played 74 games, and that's been the most of his career. Uh, so he's definitely a player who has been uh, has had up and downs previously, uh, but, but as of the last four years, he has had a strong come up, and I think he's going to be uh, great in MLS. Yeah, and it looks like if, if the reports were accurate, there was a somewhere between a million and a half or $2 million exit clause on his contract. And it looks like the Sounders effectively uh, exercised that. That would be, I think, the most – that's going to put him right up in terms of where the Sounders paid for Ariaga uh, in terms of the most expensive defender that they've ever brought in. Um, and he seems to be like a really kind of perfect pairing for Ariaga, whereas Ariaga is a little bit more of a finesse player, a player who likes to have the ball at his feet, uh, who can hit some great passes, who likes to track runners, you know, to the middle of the field. Uh, this guy, a little bit more of a physical presence, um, more in the Chad Marshall mold in that he's just a big guy. He he wins aerial duels at uh, at an elite rate, really in the in in Argentina so it looks like on paper uh that he's kind of a perfect fit and it starts to explain why maybe the Sounders were playing a little bit more of a hardball game with Roman Torres and Kim Kihi because this is a player on paper again who looks like he was going to slot in as a starter and they were looking at Kim Kihi and Roman Torres potentially as as number three center backs uh, absolutely. And, and I think that's exactly it. Uh, I believe that they have been scouting center backs for quite a long time. They had a very good list of some very good players. And although they did want Kim Kihi back, they probably wanted him at a certain number, just like they right. did Roman Torres. Uh, we, we all know that Kim Kihi doesn't have a team right now. I know that till the very last minute he was considered an option uh, because – of course, we uh, heard uh, Gonzalo Pineda this week talk about his prof professionalism, his ability to cover ground, uh, his smarts. Uh, yeah. They like Kiki. Uh, but 
I think this is a different player. This is a different type, uh, a younger type. This is a younger Roman. When Roman came here, I think this guy's even younger. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting uh, to see how he becomes a part of this team. And you're absolutely right about how he fits with Javier. I can tell you from talking to Javier uh, in the past that he does prefer to uh, be with uh, compatible with a stronger guy that maybe he can switch off of cer certain uh, forwards that he can mm. talk to constantly. I think the language thing is huge for Arriaga. Yeah, so I bet. That's a, it, it's a huge, huge fit. You know, I, I as, a, as a bit of an aside, I was reminded of how, like, why people seem to like Ariaga so much. You know, he did that little scrum with the media and just his, you know, he, it was through a translator and oftentimes it's tough to, uh, for, you know, when there's a translator that's, that's like the, in the go-between between you and the player, it's sometimes hard for them to feel engaged and it's sometimes hard to get a sense of, of, of kind of like their emotions when they're doing that. But man, there's a guy who's smiling from ear to ear. He seems happy to be there. He seems happy to be engaging. Uh, he seems enthusiastic about learning English and communicating. And he just seems like a, a player who you can see player to his teammates gravitating toward and wanting to be friends with, even if there is a little bit of a language barrier. He's just a positive guy. He is excited, happy to be, generally happy to be here. Uh, you know, he, he has his wife here. They, they both enjoy the city. Uh, he loves the club. You could just tell, like you just said, that, that he, he wants to be here with all his teammates. He tries to connect in some sort of form, uh, whether it's with his break, uh, you know, whatever he knows of English right now, uh, with his Spanish. Uh, he's always got a smile on his face. So, yes, I, I absolutely agree uh, that he is, is a good addition uh, in that locker room because he's so positive. I just love that little story that he, I mean, it was like, it was nothing, but it was just kind of this neat little thing about how he had said he had never seen snow before uh, that first <laughs> week of training. And I just thought that was so like great. Like it was just yeah, kind of a neat little moment. Absolutely. And the fan base loves him because of it. And I just feel like uh, he's worked really hard in the off season. Uh, you can tell immediately uh, in the first week of training, uh, his uh, first step was a little bit quicker. Uh, he looked agile, aggressive. Uh, I know he uh, ended on a very good note uh, against LAFC, but I can tell you that he's been working hard this offseason, and I think it's going to pay off. Yeah, I'm excited. I think he is honestly the player I'm most excited about seeing this year because I just think he has so much upside. I think, like, I really think he could be a defender of the year because he's so good with the ball at his feet. He's so good at reading passing lanes. Uh, you know, if he doesn't have to worry about being a physical presence, he's going to just be, I, I just think he's going to be, you know, an absolute joy to watch. I'm really excited about him. Uh, and it's going to be exciting watching him and, and uh, uh, Jay Mark trying to I, figure out who's going to uh, head in this, this, this set pieces because oh, I know. Jay likes to do it. He's scored a goal in his career. Uh, Ariaga has very underrated hops for uh, a man of yes. his uh, uh, frame, and he, he likes to go up high. So it'll be exciting to have, you know, two different defenders that can uh, be options in set pieces. So the other uh, rumor that just came up, and it looks like it was more of a speculative thing. Uh, it started off, you know, the first rumors were that the Sounders were signing this guy, and then pretty quickly it evolved into, oh, the Sounders just were – 
watching him and <laughs> asked about his price. But he's an interesting player because he is a really high-profile Argentinian youngster. He's a 20-year-old kid. He's at U- River Plate. Uh, his name's Santiago Sosa. He's a defensive midfielder. And as recently as this last summer, he was linked to like a $17 million move to Everton in England. Uh, the Sounders were supposedly looking at him at about $10 million, but still at $10 million, that would easily be a transfer record for the Sounders. Uh, it would also be, not to mention that they've never paid that for a 20-year-old, uh, let alone a 20-year-old defensive midfielder. To me, that doesn't strike me as the most likely. Like, if we're, I don't think I would be shocked to see them spend that kind of money on a young player, but it seems like they would probably spend it on an attacking player, doesn't it? Absolutely. And, I mean, we've seen the track record. Uh, Raul, Nico, those are your highest-paced players that are right. going to put uh, a lot of your chips. And if this was at another time, then maybe I would uh, question it. I would entertain it. But when Garth has been telling us for the last two months that he's being cautious with the way he moves, right. he's going to put $10 million into a 20-year-old six. I mean, it would be outrageous. So that's why I haven't really entertained it. Uh, I did like that comment that you said about uh, they were just watching them because I got maybe seven different calls this morning. And it was like, well, well they were watching them. All the- Absolutely. They-, they watched the best players. Yeah, but they watched a lot of players. Chris was in Argentina. Maybe he was part of it. Maybe they looked at him. Sure, you, you note him down on your notepad. Absolutely. Were they going to make an offer today? No. Right. But that's just the way – Sometimes media moves in South America. They're very quick. Everybody wants to break one, and uh, that's just the way it is. Yeah, and it's – I mean, but it is exciting. I mean, it's – I will say this is that it's the most plausible, really expensive player that the Sounders have been linked to. Like, they, I feel like they've been linked to expensive players before, but no one – it's usually kind of more known quantities who are, like, kind of on the tail end of European careers or something. This was someone who you kind of get, oh, this is – if this is the kind – even if it's not the player they're looking at. But um, it's yeah, but, 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 exciting but, but, that they would be even kicking the tires on a player that expensive and that young. Absolutely. But, but, but you're starting to see that, that, that change of, of culture in regards to the Seattle Sounders. Uh, I think that they are obviously going to be expanding a little bit more as, as time goes on. I mean, I feel like this – uh, Jamar and, and Ariaga, those are, uh, you know, very big signings that they're starting to slowly come up. And when you have one of the most underrated sporting directors in MLS, in Chris Henderson, who is as brilliant as he is in regards to looking at players, he has a great team of scouts, fantastic team. They're all over South America. Uh, you are going to get these jewels that are going to cost you some money and maybe Garth sees a time where, Hey, maybe we'll pull the trigger on one. So uh, definitely I wouldn't put it away from them in the future to bring in a really expensive uh, prospect, uh, but we'll see that that's still to be determined. Yeah. Uh, it, it is. Um, it's, it's funny how quickly this roster went from, Ooh, it's feeling really thin to, Oh, well, if this is what it looks like, and if, like, if let's just say these two deals are done in two weeks, to me that feels like just enough time to get them integrated and at least contributing for Champions League. And all of a sudden, like, I feel like that's a lineup that could 
make a serious run. You know, it still has some depth issues and there's still some question marks, but it feels like the pieces are there to make a serious run. And it could obviously, and, it, and, and what's even more exciting is that potentially there's room for more improvement in the summer um, without necessarily uh, over committing yourself for Champions League, which is all very exciting. And you got to imagine that there'll be some uh, young players brought up from Tacoma. Uh, you know, they've got, you know, probably somewhere between three and five signings that they have to make uh, beyond some of these big name players that they're bringing in. Um, one name that it looks like will probably not be back this year, and I'm sure you've talked a lot about this on various other shows, but I am curious as to any insight you might have on what's going on with Emmanuel Ciccini. Uh, at this time, he honestly has not talked to us. We've uh, reached out to him uh, several times. We had a really good relationship with him, uh, but he has definitely uh, taken a turn for uh, just staying quietly. That says that he doesn't really want to say much of what he's doing. Um, I can tell you that when he was here, he was always very affected uh, at a very internal level by not getting playtime. He has had that exact same situation happen to him at Leon in Spain. So it, it just kind of completely shut him down. Uh, I know that with his personality, there's uh, a lot of pride. And, and, and that's why I feel that there is little possibility that he'll come back, that he'll be here. I would think that he would rather maybe even take a pay cut and play elsewhere because of that pride uh, that was so severely hurt last season. Uh, I know that probably Sounders would do their due diligence in trying to uh, keep the player if possible, but uh, we all heard Bart say that he wants to do whatever is better for the player because he knows that's as well better for the team. You don't want somebody here who's unhappy. And, and therefore, I don't see him coming back. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to see that kind of uh, rebounding and coming back. It just feels like the Sounders didn't see eye to eye. And I don't, and I don't have a lot of insight into what exactly they weren't seeing. But it felt like one of those situations where they – were willing to take a gamble on him being one kind of player. And then once they saw him in person, they realized he wasn't quite the fit that they hoped he'd be. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of that. And also a little bit about him coming at the wrong time. You know, Brian was uh, all about consistency and there was players that he knew what they could bring up to the table. He can trust. And uh, he was just behind several players who played the same position. And I believe that his attitude probably didn't quite help. Uh, I think that if you had a guy that was maybe out there trying to win a position, it would, would be a, a better case scenario. But that's just not what happened there. Interesting. Yeah, well, um, it's, 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 it's a bummer it didn't work out. Um, it does feel like, you know, I, I hope he's able to find – someplace that makes sense for him because it seemed like he was a nice kid it seems like he's talented more important you know just as importantly um and it was it was too bad we didn't really get to see more of him uh you know we saw that his really his his best moment came in that that portland half sub against portland and he nearly scored a goal that would have been pretty amazing but um yeah, I feel like he, he's a very smart player. He's nifty. You saw it at practice. Uh, you know, yeah. he uh, mixed in well. 
uh, I, I just felt like it just wasn't the right time for him. And, and yeah. he was put into a position that he just uh, wasn't able to deal with. And, and had he had a different uh, mentality, then perhaps, you know, something could have worked. Maybe this uh, Joao move wouldn't have happened. I, I'm, I don't know. There's a thousand what is when it comes right. to that. Uh, I, I think that there, there's obviously a little bit of, of guilt on, on his side. So is there anything else that you feel like is working out there? Do you feel like the Sounders, if they're able to get this uh, Joao Paulo and uh, Jamar signing finalized, does that take care of most of their business? Or do you think there's still another signing or two in the, in the offseason? Uh, I think that there's still a possibility for maybe bringing in a lower salary, maybe free transfer even uh, winger. Uh, for this club, I do worry about the international spots. Yeah. Uh, now you're bringing another two, so I'm not quite sure where they are right now, but I'm pretty sure they're close to that number of, of being full. So, because uh, Roman Torres had a green card, and uh, you know, I just feel like they're about as full when it comes to there. I know that that's something that they can move around and do things for. So I'm not uh, dismissing the, the, the fact that they are uh, maybe following a couple of uh, wingers who could potentially come in here for a free transfer. Um, so that'd be my only thing. But I do know that they are not going to risk much after this, I feel like, in my opinion, at least not to the summer window. They, yeah. they might uh, see how this works. And, uh, you know, I talked to Gonzalo Pineda this week in regards to depth up top because, I mean, if you think about Raul Rodriguez leaving for international play or, uh, God forbid, something goes wrong or, or he needs a break, uh, I mean, you have Will Bruin and Justin Dillon. They seem very happy and confident with it. Um, so that's somewhere else where maybe you could add uh, some some pieces, but by the looks of things, by what I've been reading between the lines, I think they're happy with it. I do feel like Justin Dillon is a player that has a lot of potential. Uh, I see it in practice. I feel like uh, we'll see how he works yeah. out. And Will Bruin, I, I mean, I'm a huge Will Bruin fan. I've always been. I like his play. Uh, he has a cannon on his leg. He, he's incredibly smart. I've talked about his finesse that is overlooked and niftiness uh, when it comes to certain situations on small space, playing with goal behind behind him. So, yeah, I, I think that they're, they're set if they have to go with this roster. Yeah, and I would think that if maybe they're going to look at within MLS potentially as to bring in another player, you know, I, exactly. I would think their their biggest need might actually be like a right, a backup right back or uh, some sort of right sided player who could come in late. And you know, there's a lot of options once you you know get into that. And uh, so we'll see, we'll see. Um, but uh, it's a, an exciting time, uh, Nico. Uh, I would urge anyone who is listening to this podcast to. Uh, to definitely follow Nico on Twitter, El Rolo NW. Is that, did I say that right? Say it again. El Rolo, E-L-R-O-L-O-N-W at uh, Twitter, or not at Twitter, that's your Twitter account. Perfect. No, absolutely. You, you got it right on. And I appreciate it, uh, Jeremiah. And if you uh, think of me like that, I'm, I'm very happy to be uh, providing information that, that, that you guys enjoy, that the audience enjoys. Uh, being a trustworthy source uh, is worth more to me than just putting random things out there. So uh, I've had a couple of people 
mentioned that today and, and it means a lot to me, especially coming from a guy like you that's been established here for so long. So I appreciate it. No, thank you for so much for all the work you're doing and uh, looking forward to reading more of your stuff, man. Absolutely, man. Happy to be here. Well, hopefully it's going to be the last time. Yep, absolutely. You're listening to the Sounder Heart Podcast and uh, that's that. Thanks.